Now, there are great spiritual lessons we can glean from God's word about the concept of lasting legacy. Today, my guests, mother-daughter Teresa Conlon and Kate Hughes, both who has just an incredible heart for God, will be chatting about family legacies. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host, Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers and professionals from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has created you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today, and don't forget to subscribe to the show. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood podcast, Teresa and Kate. It's so good to have you both on the show. Thank you, Sharon. It's a joy. Delight yeah. to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, absolutely. Now, you know, as we were chatting earlier, Teresa, you were saying legacy is such a huge word. And if we don't intentionally pass on legacy consistent with our beliefs and values, our culture will pass along its own. Our culture have already started creating its own legacy where people are looking at culture and thinking what is right and looking at the way media portraying culture is and they're following blindly. But as we talked about just briefly a little bit earlier, family legacy is really huge. So I kind of wanted to throw it out to the both of you. Teresa, how has your parents' life created an example for you to live out a life of legacy for your children? And Kate, for you looking at your parents, how has that happened for you? Well, Sharon, my mom and dad, which would be mama to Kate and Gampy, they got saved later in life. And so they really raised, I was raised, I was raised Catholic, not in a Christian home and coming later to Christ and uh, maybe looking back on their family, they could have been consumed with regret. If only we had known what we knew earlier, we could have saved so much in raising our children. But what they did was instead of being retreating to a spiritual corner and living a life of regret. And regret is one of the most useless emotions there is. Mm -hmm. They ended up praying. They ended up, it became their joy every day to pray for their children, every day to just take them to the throne of God. And uh, I'm telling you, God, through that, God just, he did beautiful things in our family. He restored their marriage because we were prayed for God, even though it seemed fractured, we came back together and there was a lot of uh, love and joy mm -hmm. as a result of their being willing to go on a path of restoring their marriage and saying it's never too late in the Lord. The Lord is not constrained by a lifetime. He can do much in the latter part of your years. And so I actually inherited a legacy of prayer mm. and I saw the power of it. Awesome. Well, there's a lot to say about my family legacy. I think mom and dad have been the biggest influences in my life for sure. And they've really imparted a lot of things to me, but I think really having your own relationship with the Lord and the power of prayer I've seen through our family time and time again, growing up times where we really needed to pray and prayer was all you had and knowing through their example and watching their lives, just how powerful that is and how mm -hmm. God really does answer your prayers. They're also two of the most fearless people I've ever met. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're not, they're not afraid to get out there and to do whatever it is that God's asked them to do, big or small. 
they're just always willing, even in their 60s now, like they're not dying to kick back and just relax and enjoy retirement. They're always eager and always earnest to do whatever it is that God's asked them to do and to never live in fear. And I think like that's one of the things that I always look to their example and I want to live like that. And I want to pass that down to my kids too. Mm. And she is. That's awesome. That's awesome. Really great. Like I, so you mentioned um, the legacy of prayer. I love to hear stories and testimonies. Teresa, can you share with me a prayer that you have prayed for a cake and that you've seen the fruit of it? Well, I'm sure there are many, but it's a very revealing prayer. (laughs) Okay. So Kate Uh can share so much into this, but there was a time my faith was a bit of a hand-wringing faith. It was, there was more fear in it than faith. And it had to do with Kate's friends Mm -hmm. when she was uh, especially a younger teen. And I got so fearful of who her friends were and, um, praying my own kind of prayers, really from my heart, my fear, rather than from the heart of God. And Kate, I think she saw, you know, how this really wasn't good, what I was doing. And uh, little by little allowed me to maybe have a window into who she was and who her friends were. And to really, I have to change course. I can't parent through fear. Mm-hmm. And I was. And I think that the day that I could start praying for her friends in a really honest way mm-hmm. and what was going to be um, my role, which largely was just praying for them and um, letting Kate, one of Kate's genius, genius things is her ability <laughs> to have friends. She is a genius at friends. Mm-hmm. And um, I really, and to this day, you know, she has friends from college, friends from high school. She keeps in touch with them. And I really had to value that gift and God is using her through a friendship. So I had to learn to kind of, in my prayer life, uh, recognize my daughter's gift for friendship and uh, work with it. Right. Now, I know you talked a little bit about fear. I mean, as mothers, Kate, you know, you're a mother as well. As mothers, I'm sure we go through that whereby we're thinking, oh, is our children mixing with the right kids? What if I don't want my child to mix with that kid? (laughs) And, And I'm sure, you know, it's what you were facing, Teresa, when Kate was going through those times. So what was that specific prayer that you had said to kind of change course for you not to be fearful, but just to trust that God will change the hearts of her friends so that she would not conform to the bad things that you're possibly seeing. It was the day that I realized that instead of me walking up and down my living room, only praying for Kate, the the thought came so clear to my heart, but who's praying for X and fill in the blank? Who, who mm-hmm. prays for this girl? That's her friend. Mm-hmm. Who's praying for her? That changed me completely. I was broken because there was a couple of incidents. It was probably pr- maybe no one. Mm-hmm. And when I began to pray for her, I just, I really began to see Kate's gift and uh, kind of release the the grip mm-hmm. on uh, actually fear's grip on my throat, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I just got a new perspective. That's funny because now I'm a parent. So she's gone through this whole journey and kind of evolution in her her faith with the Lord. And now I'm where she was because mm-hmm. <laughs> because now I have kids and my oldest son is 11 and right. it's our number one prayer that my husband and I have for our kids is 
is that the Lord would surround them with, with good friends and good influences, you know, because when you're that age and it's such a tender and critical time and development and influence and all of that, you really want the best for them and you want them to not make the mistakes you made and you want them to be surrounded by people who are positive for them and good influences. And so sometimes what you're saying right now, I find myself like, oh my gosh, who is he with? And what? What are you doing? And and I have to remember that it's good to pray for your kids. It's good to be nosy and concerned and in their business, but it's also healthy to remember that they are in the hands of God, like mm-hmm. that He has them. And when you realize that and you're re- able to really fully surrender your kids to the Lord, it's huge. It releases so much of that anxiety and it releases like you're able to just parent them through a sense of optimism and hope and excitement and love instead of fear. Yeah. Um, And really, and and I think that's, I've had a great example because mom and dad, they always did. That's how they, they parented me was through this always sense of optimism and hope and, and love and support. Yeah, I find myself praying that same prayer day and night <laughs> that, that my daughter, you know, that that my daughter is surrounded by kind, godly, loving, supportive friends. And yet, like during the day, you have to affirm them and just to get them to be confident about who they are in themselves and in Christ. Right. And it's just like it's never ending. Motherhood is such hard work. I'm sure the both of you would agree. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but also to remember that God will will honor that prayer. Right. Um, and I did yeah. have such great influences and Christian mentors in my life growing up. You know, and even Pastor Tim's wife, Cindy Delina, is one of them mm-hmm. who's always been like in my corner praying for me since I was a teen. And you you will have those people come into your life who are those the ones who encourage you and lift you up in those friendships you know, I think God will answer the prayer that we have for our kids. Right. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. Now, you know, I want to talk a little bit about um, other aspects like emotional, uh, social as well. How do we provide a strong emotional legacy for our children, especially in today's culture? Mm. I, the number one key, I think it would have to be keep communicating with your children and you have to find that sweet spot where you will hear one another. Mm-hmm. So maybe the relationship has grown difficult and the only thing that you can um, talk about with connect and want to understand each other, uh, you know, are not intensely spiritual topics. But find that ground where the communication be authentic and real. You have to work for it and uh, build where you can. And little by little, communicating really is being heard, isn't it? It's not just you know, saying your bit. Mm-hmm. So um, you have to, and sometimes I think people can live in such different worlds now that media and technology can keep us very down our own separate rabbit holes. Right. And we have to uh, make sure even if we have to follow them down a rabbit hole, <laughs> you know, to communicate there in order to get them out, you know? So yeah. I think that's very important because passing culture or passing what's important to you is not just uh, preaching or talking at people. Yeah, I think mom, that's the biggest lesson I've learned from her too, is that you are probably the best listener I know. 
And she's very, very good at just listening to you and hearing you and not being quick to jump in with, you should have done this or you should do that or um, that she will just listen through the, Mm -hmm. and I need to learn how to do that because I always want to jump in with the solution um, Mm -hmm. or this is what you should be doing or correct, you know? And so I think, I think being able to actively, actively listen in that way to your kids is so important because that if they feel like you listen to them, they'll talk to you. Right. Yeah. And I think they would also be a little bit more honest about Mm -hmm. it. It's just like yesterday, my daughter takes her vitamins after every meal. So, so now she's able to reach on her own and she took it and she said, mommy, I had my vitamins and I'm like, okay. And she goes, I had one. No, I had two. (laughs) And I said, how many did you have? She's like, too. I was like, okay. I try not to get on her. And I'm like, okay, next time just take one. And, and then at dinner time, she wanted another one. It's like, no, you had two during lunch. And so you can only have one now. It's like sort of like a fine line and not harping on them so that they're able to just talk to you as not just being a parent, but also as a friend, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about some social aspect. I'd love to talk about some practical advice. What would you say some are the key building blocks of children's social legacy? Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, let me let me talk about maybe the socialness between Kate and I. The one building block we have, and we've been blessed, is we kind of have the same humor, mm-hmm. and um, nobody makes me laugh more than Kate. Nobody. Uh, I hang, you know, I hang out with her. She's the funniest person I know. And we kind of both have a slight uh, theater of the absurd um, humor. And I think that, uh, you know, building, you just really, you have to know, learn your child, learn what, who are they? Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't really realize how gifted Kate was in friendships till I actually prayed. Mm. And like, So if she's gifted with friendships, I think God is going to give her all kinds of friends, unsaved, uh, a a whole spectrum. And that's her gift Mm -hmm. because she acts. This is what people need in the world is friendship. And I had to come behind and pray into that gift and then listen. So but, you know, I, I have one child whose gift is not friendship in some ways, not intensely social, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so you don't compare them, but you know, what, what is this one wired for? So I think, you know, building social skills is to recognize each child is a gem to quote your great word, mm-hmm. that something precious about each of them that has to be mined. It's in the ground. And as a parent, part of the, maybe the joint discovery is who is this child? So the social skills, um, they don't all have to be the same. Uh, of course, the, you want them all to be polite or you want them all to be adept socially, but obviously. Um, yeah. I and I helps. also think being really intentional mm-hmm. about conversations, we can get so busy and we kind of become very passive and yeah, but being really creative and intentional and creating spaces to talk to your kids, especially when it comes to social issues, emotional issues, you know, um, especially my son's and their generation is being faced with so much more than even I was growing up. And so I think mom taught me something really 
I heard her saying this once to one of her friends when I was a teen. Um, she said, you know, it's amazing what you hear when you're in the car, when you're driving, because for whatever reason, when you're driving and you're just in the car together, if they're with their friends, the conversations you hear or just the two of you together traveling for whatever reason, conversations seem to happen there. And that's just one example. But, you know, when I go pick up my son from basketball or uh, the 20 minutes we're driving home, I'm very intentional about that time because I know that when we get home, it's busy and we're running around and we're doing this, Mm. but we have that moment together in the car for whatever reason, the car seems you're less eye contact maybe because you're driving or (laughs) whatever, but it seems to be this unique little envelope where they'll open up and kind of tell you about their world or going to bed at night because they don't want to turn out the light and you want, you know, so just being intentional about going up and talking to them for 10 minutes before they go to bed, but fine. And every kid's different, but finding those pockets of intentional moments that you can kind of um, pour into them truth, you know, and reinforce uh, kind of what, what is truth and through love and those moments that, you know, they'll be more receptive and listening Right. That's awesome. Now, for the both of you, are there things that you would have done differently? Oh, yeah, absolutely. For me, <laughs> I, uh, just what Kate said um, in terms of uh, uh, taking those intentional times um, to talk. Um I would have done that a lot more. Kate is brilliant at playing with her kids. Mm-hmm. And I made this discovery that I love playing with children, but I found that with my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's never too late grandmas that are listening and play with those kids. But to Kate, who does an exceptional, honestly, she makes time for her kids and she talks them. She makes games up to find out what their fears are, what they're thinking. And um, she really honestly does do that on a regular basis. Her kids adore her. Yeah. And um, they, they, she just has something very special with her boys. So, uh, you know, yeah, I learned that from her. You, you played with us all the time. She's always, (laughs) she was very playful and always very available um, for us. And I think that was, and I was like her little Velcro sidekick growing up. Um, Because I wouldn't put her down. Yeah. Well, very, (laughs) and still, I mean, I'm still, I still follow her around. I moved to Pennsylvania because she was, um, but yeah, I think uh, things I would have done differently is that, oh gosh, Mm -hmm. so many things, but I think, I think Mm. you can't really harp on those things too much. You always, you get critical of your parents growing up and I'll never do those things they did to me. And then you make your own mistakes and you do other things that, you know, um, you know, everybody's perfect till they have kids. And then you realize, Oh, (laughs) wait a minute, maybe they were right. (laughs) But I think I try not to dwell too much on the things that we're not doing right. Cause we're never going to get it perfect. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I do try to, always evolve and kind of grow and, 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 you know, here's the other thing you, you have, I have two kids now and you parent each kid differently because not, it's not a one size fits all. So you make certain mistakes with one and then others with the other, because you realize, oh, I can't parent this boy the same way I parented the other one. And they're so different and they each have different needs and personality. So it's a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Do you ever get confused? (laughs) (laughs) I've always 
always, I've always wondered what parents with multiple children, and obviously, like you said, each have different characters and you have to approach each child differently. And I always wonder if parents do ever get confused sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kate, now, you know, what are some things that you have learned from your mother that you would carry throughout your life? Oh, so many things. Um, How to listen for sure. Um, how to parent, how to be a friend. Um, And we also work together at Summit at the Bible Mm -hmm. School here where, you know, mom is the president here, but she's, she's showed me so much about leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have this really interesting, unique perspective because I've actually worked with both of my parents at different times and their, their leadership Um, styles are so different, Mm -hmm. but they both have these incredibly unique uh, giftings and strengths. And I think her leadership style is really, really inspiring. My personality is a little bit more like dad, I think. Mm -hmm. And, but I'm, I'm realizing the older I get that I am kind of morphing more and more into mom. So I don't know if that's just (laughs) together. She always says, you're not all like your dad. You're like me more than you know, but, (laughs) but I think I really learned a lot from her on how to do lead and how to engage with people and how to really nurture people and hear them, you know, and really try to bring out their best. Cause that's, she's really amazing at that. I am not as good at that, but that's something that mom really sees people and she wants to know you and she wants to know what your passions are, your strengths, your abilities. And she really tries to bring out the best in everybody that she meets. And when you're with people, you're like a hundred percent with them. Mm. You know, she's all in, in every conversation. And I think that's really something that I, I want to be like that. And I want to continue that. Yeah. It, it probably works. We can work together because she is more in some ways like her dad. So, uh, you know, that's a great combo. <laughs> and it probably works like that because Kate's strengths, you know, really shine when we're together because I can really trust, you know, I've known it from her dad. And so it works. It's great. It's it's awesome because Kate also has the maturity like at work. It's like if you if mom puts the boss hat on, she flows with it. And the second it's five o'clock, we come over and we're just us again. Right. And not everybody has that emotional um stability I think and Kate yeah. does it so well she really knows how to wear many hats mm-hmm. as daughter as a leader in her own right and uh so yeah that's great now for both of you are there some family traditions that you follow and will follow generations to come yes oh the mugs <laughs> so we invented a game And we have lots of different mugs in our cupboard. And when we make tea, you have to pull down the mug. And uh, for every person you're making a cup of tea, you pull down a different mug and they have to guess which mug you have chosen to make tea in that. And Kate almost always wins. How is it that she knows? (laughs) So mugs. (laughs) That sounds fun. Yeah. (laughs) We also have more. This is not so much a tradition. Well, it's sort of turned into a tradition, but um, I have an unusual ability to manipulate my parents into getting animals. That's what I'm (laughs) a I am a huge 
animal lover. And even from the time I was a kid, I was always finding puppies or stray kittens or <laughs> and bringing them home. And now that look at this, this is the latest adorable little puppy. She's been snoring on mom's lap. That's why I keep looking down. But um, I for months have been sending them pictures of little puppies and dogs. And I finally convinced her to go see this little girl three days ago. And so I'm in she, puppy love. She, oh. <laughs> she doesn't have a name yet. So if any of any of your uh, listeners think of a great name, please pass it along. She's very, very sweet. Oh. And um, yeah, I think every every dog you've had in the last. Yeah. I credit to born. Kate. <laughs> Absolutely. I do. I convince them that they need them because I have two and I can't have any more. So I try to get everyone around me to get more animals. I don't know if it's a tradition or if that's. It feels like a tradition at this it, point. It, it is. It's happened <laughs> enough now. Well, my daughter oh, wants. Hardly wait with her grand with uh, her kids. I'll be just animals <laughs> for them. All, all the benefits of a llama. You really need these. <laughs> <laughs> well, my daughter wants a dog, but I said to her, she's only three. I said to yeah. her, "Well, you can get a dog once you're able to take care of the dog yourself." <laughs> Right. Well, don't tell me that. I'm going to be sending you links on, yeah. on Pet Finder for yes. the next six months. <laughs> not kidding. <laughs> now, Teresa, I have a question for you. What are some things you wish you could be more like your mom? Oh, my goodness. Like my mom? My mom made tea for the world. And my mom, anybody who came through her door to visit her, she made them tea and would sit down and everything would stop. And she would just want to talk to that person and know everything about them. And that is really a beautiful thing. And the older I get, the more I realize the impact of that kind of trait and personality. I think people giving people a piece of your total time is Mm -hmm. really does more good than we know. And that Mm -hmm. really characterized uh, my mom. She was a character. My mom had, my mom was a character. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so yeah, I I would love, you know, her humor and her, her love for people. You never saw her without her making a cup of tea and a biscuit for you. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, Teresa and Kate, I know that you're both at Summit School of Bible, and you are both actually passing down incredible legacy to the kids of the next generation. So can you just share a little bit more about what you're doing there and how other parents can look it up and possibly send your children to get a little bit more deeper with the Lord? Absolutely. Kate is our communications director, has revamped our website, and there are a lot of information at summitpa.org. But this is a place, it's a two-year Bible school, and it's a place where the students, they uh, were unplugged, they laid down their screens, and they're able to um, experience the presence of God on this campus and be able to sit in classes that teaches them great theology. They're able to go out in the fields and develop a a devotional life and when they get to hear God for themselves when they get to um, 
have issues, identity issues, family of origin issues, a lot of things kind of come to the surface in this place and then get settled um, through um, the knowledge of the word of God and experiencing his love and his vision and courage for them. So much happens on this place that is supernatural mm-hmm. and we give all the glory to the Lord. We know it's him. Um, we have some practical things you can do, but um, this is a special place for those that are um, in this place of, I really need, I want a, a deeper relationship with the Lord. And I, in such a key time in my life. Mm. Mm. One of my favorite things that Summit is doing right now um, and especially as a mom, they have just, we're just launching a high school gap year mm. this year um, where students who just graduated high school um, can and who are planning to go to college can take a gap year where they come to summit and they learn how to defend their faith in a college setting. Mm-hmm. And I think like you were talking about before, like having that that um, social and emotional framework. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like there's so much in our society that comes against young people mm-hmm. um, who believe in the Lord and who are followers of Christ. And um, I was so excited personally when I heard that this was going to happen because I really would love nothing more than for my son to take a gap year and come here. I can't get too excited about it because I, anything mom says isn't cool right now, but, um, but just to be able to come. I've lived and, long enough. Yeah, I know she's lived long. It's come full circle. <laughs> she's cool again. It took a couple, it took like a couple of years, but, um, but I, I think like there's something about having that foundation when you're 18, 17, mm-hmm. you know, years old, where you really know what you believe and why you believe it. And then to mm-hmm. launch into a college setting with a network of friends and mentors and influences who are going to be there for you and pray for you and, yeah. you know, and spiritually have your back. Like there, there's, there's not a price tag on that for me. So I'm really excited about, um, about that program launching at summit as well. Gosh, yeah. I, I love that. That yeah. is so exciting. I I'm literally getting goosebumps here because the way I see it in today's culture, it's just terrible um, with a lot of darkness being infiltrating into public schools, curriculums that are not necessarily needed to be in there are in there. And, and so I love that, you know, children are going to be able to go into that gap year to be able to learn how to stand up for God's truth before they enter to college, whether it's a Bible school or whether it's, you know, a regular college. That's really mm-hmm. awesome, guys. Yeah. That one year is going to be awesome for them. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing. Now we're almost at the end of the show, but I wanted to pose this particular question out to the both of you. Is there anything else that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there? I think, wow. You don't have to be perfect. I think, I don't know, it's easy to compare yourself to other people or other people's relationships with their moms or their sisters and, and think somehow that, that yours is not as great. Or I think sometimes, um, as moms, comparison can be our worst enemy, mm-hmm. you know, and just knowing that we're in this together. And, you know, I think 
the prayer that mom had for me in my life to be surrounded with good influences. And I feel like I've made so many friendships with women who have really been good influences and have inspired me. So many of them that even work here at Summit that are not just people I work with, but they're my friends and they're such wonderful, inspiring mothers. And and I think just realizing that you are enough and that um, God loves you and that he will walk with you through every step of your journey as a mom. And to, if you don't have those connections with other women to, to pray for them and ask the Lord to bring Mm -hmm. those people into your life that can kind of walk the journey of motherhood with you. And I think he will, he will answer that and he will honor you. Mm. Amen. That's beautiful. Yeah, I would isolation can be a very deadly thing. And you may have to pray your friendships in and they may be in the most unlikeliest places. And please reach out because we're wired to be a blessing and to be that. But the second thing is, you know, um, Kate earlier in the year was very sick with COVID. Mm-hmm. And I could really see that prayer became um when there was nowhere else to turn to and when it looked there were some days very dark, we did together find comfort in prayer and the Lord did answer our prayer. Mm-hmm. And somehow as a mother, your place of courage and your place of refusing to give in to very difficult situations or when your mind wants to create, speak crazy scenarios, mm-hmm. that prayer really become um, a place every day in your heart for the impossible places. Mm-hmm. And the Lord will come through and he will deposit something in you of courage and a faith for your family and your friends that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's the best legacy you can give. Amen. Thank you so much for that advice for those gem nuggets. And as we are about to end the show, uh, Teresa, would you mind closing us with prayer since we're, you know, talked a little bit about the legacy of prayer? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this broadcast. I thank you for Sharon and her heart, Lord, to just want to bless and help mothers and women. Lord, I pray for um, my sisters. I pray for the mothers. I pray for the wives um, that are listening. And I pray, Lord, that you would just come and you would just strengthen them and let them not lose hope. Thank you for this high and this noble calling of motherhood. Thank you that you walk alongside of us and the little things and the big things, they all matter to you because you, we are precious to you. And Lord, I just pray that you would help who is ever listening, Lord, that they would just turn to you even right now in prayer because you are so good and you are so faithful and you are able to make a path in the darkness, a path of light and hope and love. So I ask you now to strengthen these women. I thank you for what Sharon is doing. Give her the continued vision, the resource and the strength to keep on because she is being a blessing. And I thank you, Lord, that may all of us here today um, ask, Lord, for your favor and your grace upon us that we too can be mothers, Lord, of faith. And thank you. Give us a face of faith in our homes. Let us turn, maybe, Lord, you see our tears, but let us in our home have a face of faith, Lord, because that puts shows the world that we trust you and love you, Lord Jesus, and you do change 
everything. We thank you for this. I thank you for uh, the mother-daughter relationships. I thank you for my daughter, Kate. I ask you to bless her and her family. I ask for all the women that work on this campus, bless them, Lord, strengthen them. And I thank you for all of those that listen. We love you, Jesus, and thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Kate and Teresa, for coming on the show. I really appreciate you both. Yeah. And we, you. And it was so good to see you again, Sharon. It's been yes. so, so long. I know. it's It has been really a long time. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you will find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you're fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.